Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. Uh, Before we get into today's message, let's review what happened last week, because I kind of came at you a-blazing and threw like this thing at you. Um, we We need a little refresher just to make sure that we got it. I destroyed some things that we used to believe about spiritual gifts so that they could be unleashed in our daily lives. You see, we used to believe that the Holy Spirit controlled everything about spiritual gifts, that we were just waiting on him to decide if they could be used or not. And this sounds nice and holy, and it even allows us to stay in our comfort zone. We like stuff like that, um, because we can always say, you know, the reason we didn't see spiritual gifts today is because the Holy Spirit didn't want to. We like to play the blame game, right? We'll even blame the Holy Spirit. All right, we've adapted this belief from this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. But I want you to notice that it said nothing about when these spiritual gifts are used. This scripture is all about who gets what spiritual gift. In other words, the Holy Spirit decides which gift each person gets, but we are the ones who decide when we're going to use them. The Apostle Paul reveals this truth once again when he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the task so that everyone will see your progress. So Timothy was instructed not to neglect his spiritual gift. So apparently we have a tendency to neglect our spiritual gift, or should I say, wait for the Holy Spirit to allow us to use our spiritual gift. According to this scripture, we're not waiting on anything. The Holy Spirit is waiting on us to throw ourselves into the spiritual gift that he's given us. We're to give it our complete attention. Oh, and don't forget, people should see your progress. This isn't something you do in the closet during your prayer time. It's something you do in front of people. Praise God. I'm just, I just love when the Lord brings us out of our comfort zone. And around two years later, the Apostle Paul writes another letter to Timothy, and he addresses the same thing. So apparently, Timothy had a little bit of a hard time getting it, and that's why I'm bringing it to you again today, just to make sure you aren't having a hard time getting it. Here's what he said this time. He said, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You know, this reveals something about Timothy. He was probably kind of sitting on the sidelines. He knew what his spiritual gift was, but he was having a, a struggle stepping out and using it. So Paul is reminding him, God has given you power, he's given you love, and he's given you a sound mind. So Timothy, get out there and do it. So church, get out there and do it, because he's given you power, love, and a sound mind. So apparently we tend to let the fire go out on our spiritual gift, probably because we're sitting around and we're waiting for the perfect Sunday morning when the Holy Spirit allows us to use our spiritual gift. It's today that day. We like this man-made doctrine of the Holy Spirit being responsible for the lack of spiritual gifts because it allows us to be shy and hide our spiritual gifts. But it's not God who makes you afraid to use your spiritual gift. Satan is the author of fear. He doesn't want you using your spiritual gift. So he's going to do what he can to keep you afraid of using it. Do not neglect your spiritual gift. Fan it into flames. Throw yourself. I love the language of that. Throw yourself into the tasks that develop your gift because God has given you power and he's given you love and he's given you a sound mind. Anybody? Has he given that to you? Okay, so now that this is revealed, it's kind of like letting the spiritual gifts out of, out of their cage, right? We've kind of had them caged up over here. We're going to let them out. They've been cooped up for way too long. It's time to let them loose, y'all. Just like this bird behind me, just let it loose. Let it out of his cage. And many of you left last week wondering, okay, that's great, but what are my spiritual gifts? What are they? 
And that's what I'm going to help you identify today. It all starts with understanding the purpose of spiritual gifts. You find this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Did you know that God has given each of you a spiritual gift? Amen. From his great variety of spiritual gifts. So we're to use them well to do what? Serve one another. Notice it didn't say, use your spiritual gift so that people will ooh and ah over how spiritual you are. Your spiritual gift is not for your recognition. It's for others. If you find yourself wanting people to notice your spiritual gift, you're off track. You're off, man. Dispose of those selfish thoughts and simply use your gift to serve others, whether they notice it or not. The goal here is not for people to notice that you have a spiritual gift. The goal is to use your spiritual gift to serve others. Amen. This is confirmed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. My spiritual gift is for you. Your spiritual gift is for me. This is the foundation of identifying your spiritual gift. Because if you're trying to identify your spiritual gift to climb the spiritual ladder, so to speak, so that all people can see you, you're going to end up in a ditch somewhere. You are. And you're going to look really silly. Anybody seen a, sp- a silly person with <laughs> the spiritual gift <laughs> situation? That's why people tend to avoid them, right? Because there's a lot of silly stuff going on out there because people just want to be recognized for their spiritual gift. As soon as you start doing that, you're going to end up in a ditch. So you've got to let your motivation be to serve others, and your spiritual gift will make itself known, and it will flourish. All you've got to think about is serving others. Serving others. So now that we have our motivation in the right place, do we? Did we correct our motivation? Hopefully. I mean, we can just correct it that quickly, right? It's just a change in our thinking. So let's take a look at the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. And as we work through these, I want you to take note of the ones that you relate to. Seriously, pull out your notebook. You got your notebook out. You're ready, Grandma. Or pull out your phone, because I want you to jot down the spiritual gifts that stand out to you today. Because the ones that you relate to are most likely your spiritual gifts. And since the original language of the Bible is much more expressive than the English language, I'm going to give you the meaning of each of these words, because these spiritual gifts are like one word in our Bible, right? But they mean so much more. So I'm going to expand those out for you today so we can really understand what these spiritual gifts are. And there's seven spiritual gifts mentioned in Romans 12. I'm not going to go to the scripture, but just write down Romans 12, and you can go look at that later. But I'm going to go through the list. So the first one mentioned there is prophecy. And prophecy is a divinely inspired message that declares the purposes of God in one of three ways. You're exposing and you're correcting wickedness. You're comforting the afflicted. Or you're revealing things hidden, especially things to come. All of those are prophecy. You likely used to think that prophecy was fortune-telling. Anybody? Now you know that prophecy does include revealing things to come. That is part of prophecy, but it's much more than that. You've been listening to me prophesy for the past two years as I've been exposing the wicked, woke movement. It's all been prophecy. Interesting. Next one mentioned is serving. What is serving? You look up in the Greek, and it means fulfilling the commands and needs of others. By doing three things, you're proclaiming and promoting the gospel, you're meeting needs by collecting and distributing charity. And here's my favorite. You're preparing and presenting food. <laughs> yep, that's mentioned in the Strong's Concordance. Wonderful. This one gets a bad rap because most people think it's a subpar gift. But don't buy into that lie because without this gift in operation, everything else would collapse. We would all starve and be dead. 
Those who are here to serve, like you have the gift of serving, you are holding everything else together. You really are. The next one mentioned is teaching, and this is one that I think we all understand. This is instructing others by explaining or expounding on a thing. And then the next one is exhorting. And this is bringing people together by speaking in a way that encourages, strengthens, and comforts. Most people like think exhorting is synonymous with encouragement. But it's more than that. It's the ability to bring people together, to bring people into unity by encouraging and strengthening the congregation. And there was a lot of this going on last week when people were coming up here to operate in their spiritual gift. God has given us an abundance of exhortation here at No Limit Church. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that because we need it. Next one is giving. And this is giving generously with a sincere heart and without expecting anything in return. So everybody should be giving tithes and offerings. After all, it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you haven't tried that out, it's true. And giving is how you access God's abundance. But God has given some people the gift of giving where you just can't help yourself. Like you can't help yourself, but give generously. Like you're just like throwing money at things, right? You just got to give. You got to give. And you look for ways to increase your income so that you can give more. Those are people with the gift of giving. Next one is leadership. And leadership is to protect, guard, and care for others. If you thought that this gift was so that you could control others, you don't have the gift of leadership. (laughs) You're deceived by the world's way of leadership. You see, God's way of leadership has nothing to do with control. Christianity has nothing to do with control. God's leadership is all about protecting and caring and guarding those around you, those under your care. Oh, man, leadership's not so fun anymore now, huh? (laughs) Sounds fun when you can control people. All right, mercy. This is those who are patient and compassionate towards those who are suffering or afflicted. You see, these are those who, when everybody else has given up on them, they're still hanging around and they're still helping. All right, let's move on to the nine spiritual gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We got the word of wisdom, and this is communicating complex knowledge, human and divine, in a way that others can understand and apply to their lives. So you see this gift in operation when somebody's able to take something complex and make it simple for everybody. And this works not only in the church whenever you're teaching the Word of God, but it can work out there in the world's system too. This is something that has made my business actually so successful, Collaborate Worship, where I'm teaching churches how to create great sound at church. God has given me the ability through the Word of Wisdom, this is my spiritual gift, to take something that seems very complex, that mixer back there with all those knobs and all those buttons, and make it very simple for people to understand. That is the Word of Wisdom in operation. So you can use it at work, and you can use it at church. And it benefits everybody around you. All right, the word of knowledge. This is communicating God's truth in a way that helps believers live righteously. You see, a lot of people think that the word of knowledge is the gift of reading other people's mail. I know what you did last night. You may just be operating under witchcraft or demonic things, if that is the case. If all you think you're doing is reading people's mail. But if the Holy Spirit reveals something about somebody else to you, it's only so that you can tie it into the Word of God and lead them to a righteous life. That's the Word of knowledge. It's kind of like the woman at the well. That's the best example we have. When Jesus revealed the things that she had struggled with in her past to draw her into a relationship with the Lord. 
The gift of faith. This is an unshakable confidence in God and his word, and it moves you to go all in with God, like I'm all in. This does not mean that some of us have faith and others don't. We all have a measure of faith. But some people have the gift of faith, and this enables them to believe things beyond what the rest of us can believe. These are those people that you look at and you're like, you really believe that? And they're 100% in, and they aren't going to waver. Gifts of healing. And this is imparting healing to others through various means, like laying on of hands, anointing with oil, casting out demons, and others. You know, Jesus demonstrated to us that healing comes in many ways. He didn't use just one method. So we can't, like, pigeonhole this gift into one method of healing. After all, it does say gifts, plural, of healing. It's a good one. Working of miracles. This is operating in God's power to do something that's humanly impossible. And a great example is five loaves, of, five loaves and two fish feeding 5,000 people, or walking on the water, or turning water into wine. This seems to be a rare gift. I, I was like, who's been operating in this gift lately? I don't know, but I couldn't come up with anybody. And I'm wondering, like, is that just because we've yet to build the courage to actually walk in this gift? You know? Somebody has it. It's, it's a gift. Like, it, it should be abundant out there. So I look forward to seeing that one work. Prophecy is mentioned again in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Same thing here. Let me just recap. Prophecy is a divinely inspired message that declares the purposes of God in one of three ways. You're exposing or correcting wickedness. You're comforting the afflicted. You're revealing things hidden, especially things to come. And then we got discerning of spirits. And this is the ability to extinguish between, is this the works of God, the works of Satan, or the works of the flesh? What's going on here? You see, some things that you hear are from God. Some things you hear are from Satan, and others are from the flesh or human nature. And this gift helps protect us from false teaching, and we need it. For example, it is this gift that allows many of us to see that the media is lying to us. Like way back when it all started, you just saw it, you could see it. And then it's up to us who have the gift of discerning of spirits to help the body of Christ see the truth. Because, right, our gifts are to do what? To help each other. Not to gripe about the news, but to help each other. Diverse kinds of tongues. So this is delivering a message from God to others in a language that you don't understand. This often gets confusing because you think, okay, well, then some can speak in tongues and some can't. But didn't you just tell me that everybody can speak in tongues? Well, it's not the same as the prayer language that you receive when you're filled with the Spirit. When you're praying in tongues, the Bible tells us that you're speaking directly to God, right? But when you're operating in the gift of tongues, you're delivering a message from God to other people. It's all about the direction. Are the tongues pointed towards God? Are you praying to God? Or are the tongues for other people? Are you delivering a message to others? And then you have interpretation of tongues, and this is the ability to interpret what somebody said under that gift that we just talked about, the diverse kinds of tongues. These two gifts always work together because there will always be an interpretation when the gift of tongues is used in a public setting. After all, God's trying to get a message to us. It really wouldn't do us a whole lot of good if we couldn't understand it. So he will interpret it. And some people think, you know, well, why doesn't he just tell us in English the first time? And I have that question too. And I think it's because God values partnership. 
And he wants to demonstrate that in front of us, that we work together. We can't do it alone. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.